This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. surgery is a new style of crystal healing, founded in the 1990s by Vivian Shapira. In crystal surgery, the crystals are used in very specific ways as tools for operating on both the energy field and the energy body. The energy field is the electromagnetic force field which emanates from the physical body and the energy body and surrounds the physical body. The energy body is the energetic duplicate of the physical body and is made up of etheric tissue. Etheric tissue consists of materials from the etheric dimension, in contrast to the physical body, which is made up of materials from the earthly dimension. Valeria Tellez interviews Vivian Shapira. She is a teacher, energy healer, author, founder of Four Winds Academy for the Healing Arts and Sciences, a school for training healers. Vivian Shapira has rare expertise in each of our three layers of existence, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, and she specializes in translating intuitive, energetic, and spiritual dynamics into practical information for celebrating life. She began her career by training first in clinical psychology and then in the Alexander Technique, a hands-on method for retraining neuromuscular dynamics. Through this work, Vivian developed a refined sensitivity to energy, leading her to add healing to her skills. In Everyday Magic, 2002 and 2020, Vivian relates how the spirit world guided her from childhood in apartheid South Africa, growing up with her LGBTQ brother, through coming to the USA and founding Four Winds Academy, a school for training healers, 1999. Vivian's other books include How to Lose Weight and Gain Money, 2004, and Guided Lessons for Students of the Alexander Technique, 2010. In 2020, Vivian published an award-winning, groundbreaking textbook, The Complete Guide to Crystal Surgery, introducing the world to a new form of crystal healing. When not teaching, healing, or writing, Vivian can be found gardening, cooking, and spending time with her two granddaughters. Other interests include travel, photography, and making YouTube videos. Vivian lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, with her husband and two cats. Meet Vivian at crystalhealingtechniques.com. Here is the interview with Vivian Shapira.
in your own words, who is Vivian Chapra? Oh, my goodness. In my own words, <laughs> yeah. I am the author of Everyday Magic, a book in which I explain. I use myself as a case study and I talk about my life. And I've had quite a hard life in many respects. And I talk about my life and how I perceive that life is such a paradox. The good thing and the bad thing are always going to be the same thing. And we have to learn how to navigate this life. And that is who I am. I am a person who is learning how to navigate life in all its complexities, all its ups and downs, all its paradoxes. And I'm looking for the magic. I'm looking for the magic in life. Not always finding it, but <laughs> usually finding it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That you can find magic every day, every moment. <laughs> uh, yes. I love what you said just now about the good and the bad, the paradoxes of life, of course, and good and bad always being the same thing. Yes. How do we come to that understanding or realization, Vivian? Well, you know, there is the Ram Dass story where the farmer's horse runs away and uh, everyone sympathizes and he says, well, we'll have to see if it's good or bad. And then when the horse, come, the horse comes back and it brings other horses with it and then everybody says, oh, isn't that wonderful? Your horse mm -hmm. came back and he brought other horses with it <laughs> and how wonderful. And the farmer says, well, we'll have to see. And uh, then the son rides on the horse, one of the wild horses that came back and breaks his leg and everyone sympathizes and says, oh my goodness, your son broke his leg. Isn't that a terrible thing? And the farmer says, well, we have to see. And then the military comes and conscripts all the young men. And the, because the farmer's son has a broken leg, he doesn't get conscripted. And so, and so it goes. You don't know what's good and what's bad. You got to roll with it. And that story really hit me. I think I heard it first when I was quite young. And I thought, that's about the size of it. Everything's neutral and it's what we're going to make of it. And then I, I very much read a lot about Tibetan Buddhism. It's the same kind of dynamic, the same kind of philosophy. The good thing and the bad thing are not the same thing in that philosophy. It's neutral. Everything is neutral. And so that's my Western development of that uh, philosophy is actually the good thing and the bad thing are the same thing. And it's up to us to make it the one or the other. Mm, yeah. Wow. What an amazing perspective to have. It sounds to me like an open perspective, isn't it, Vivian? It's, It's an open perspective and I've really had to use it in my life. You know, you can pretend to be a cheerful person and an upbeat person and always make the best of everything. But, you know, I've had some hard experiences. In uh, 1990, my brother was murdered. And in 2013, my son dropped dead of ventricular fibrillation. So I've had to apply this to some very hard life situations. And I can't always see what's the good part about the bad, some of the bad things that have happened. But I have to trust it. You know, I really do have to trust it. And what is it? I guess it's the universe. And I remember saying to my husband after our son died, I said, you know what? The world is upside down. Our world is upside down, but the, we must trust that the universe is in order. And you know what? That got me through. I, when I thought of it in a universal way, it helped me to continue putting one foot in front of the other and make it a very real and valuable, workable dynamic for me. And I continue to do that. You know, we just had the ninth anniversary of his passing. He died on January the 4th. And, uh, It's, it's still hard. It's still hard. But I reflect every day. My life is my life. And 
I must do with my my life what I came here to do with my life. And I help, I like to empower everyone to do with their lives what they came here to do. And we don't know what that is. We cannot make a judgment. We must discover and we must allow. What a beautiful message. Thank you so much for the powerful message and the reminder. Yes, thank What you. comes to mind is the idea of choosing. Do you believe that we have chosen to be here and to go through the challenges we go through in order to learn lessons? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I do believe that. <laughs> oh, good. Unfortunately. <laughs> for, for, yeah. for better or for worse, I, do, I yeah. do think that we write a script for ourselves and that we yeah. create contracts before we incarnate and then we come down to earth and we've kind of forgotten you know because that's part of what it is to be alive and to be incarnated in the physical is that we now are subject to a lot of very severe limitations i mean we have very very severe limitations on us once we are incarnated in human form you know i was thinking valeria i was thinking about how dogs can do things hmm. yeah. dogs can do things <laughs> like they can sense if somebody's got hmm. cancer they can yeah. smell it they can sense mm. if someone's going to have an epileptic fit. They can sense these things. But then, as a human being, if we claim to be able to sense things like this, we're told that we're out to lunch. We're talking yeah. nonsense. <laughs> yeah, we're making it up. Meanwhile, dogs are being trained. <laughs> yes. But you see, a dog has yeah. a different sense of smell. And we don't can't smell things that dogs can smell. We can't hear a dog whistle. These things are beyond our senses. And we, as human beings, think that only what our senses can perceive exists. But I live and work with the invisible world. And so I know there's a lot beyond me and my human incarnation. And I trust that there's a greater sense out there and that we're just limited in our human incarnation. And I, I kind of study and play with those limitations and boundaries quite a lot, try and push them out so that I can perceive more and understand more because we are, can only understand what we can perceive and what we can experience. Now might be a good moment to talk about intuition because that's one of our senses, right, that we can. Most of us... Um, in denial of it, although we are using it all the time. But how do we learn to trust our intuition, Vivian? And how do we learn to distinguish between the voice of our belief systems, conditionings, and the voice of the heart that I call an intuition? Yes. And I think I think that's what's interesting is that the word intuition is very poorly defined, isn't it? We're not always sure we're talking about the same thing when we're talking about intuition. So I would say that for the purposes of this conversation, we're talking about analysis versus intuition. And so analysis is when you look at a set of facts and, 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 and the data that you have and you, you drill in and you make sense of it and you're making sense of fact by fact. And intuition is a different process where you actually bundle everything together and you get a sense of the whole and you get a feeling for the whole. And this can be done via your heart, as you've described, and it can be done by other parts of your brain, the not analytical parts of your brain, and it can be done by your senses. And for me, intuition is when you allow yourself to integrate past experience, past knowledge, 
and feeling and you start to integrate these other aspects. And I have actually made it my business to be able to break intuition into the same kind of steps as analytical and logical thinking. I'm very strong at both, you see. And I actually resent when people make me answer the question, are you analytical or intuitive? Well, I'm an intuitive analyst is what I am. And I study all of it. And I'm not into either or. I'm not, you know, this uh, dividing the brain into left and right sides is, is actually a little bit of nonsense. You want whole brain thinking. And I think that intuition is when you give yourself whole brain, whole being thinking. To me, that is intuition, not right brain thinking per se. There isn't really such a thing. It's a misnomer and it's convenient and it's come to mean something to people in like popular psychology. But technically speaking, I'm into whole brain thinking because the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I want the bigger picture. I want more. I don't want to break down into a detail and miss the big thing. And how do you define spirituality these days, Vivian? That's a hard one, isn't it? Now, I think that, that I think what's very important, you talked about the heart. Well, the heart and the soul go together and the mind and the spirit go together. That's how I understand it. Because, you know, I look, I work with the chakras, I work with the energy, and I look at how the layers are put together. I look at how the layers can separate. And I also look at how the layers can integrate to give you what I'm talking about, the, the more the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And the better the integration, the better things are going to work. So consciousness and spirituality are functions of the crown chakra. Now, the crown chakra is very interesting. Of course, that's sort of at the top of the head and it involves your brain. But intuition is commonly given to the third eye. And if you look at the third eye and which brain structures are involved in the third eye, and you look at the crown chakra and which brain structures are involved in the crown chakra, you see that you can't really separate the third eye and the crown chakras. They really go together to give us uh, both our unconscious and conscious functioning. Uh, I am also trained in psychology, so I do know a little bit about this on that kind of technical side, as well as being uh, very immersed in energy and energy healing in the chakras. So that's how I understand it, is that our consciousness and uh, spirituality, they both reside in the crown chakra, and you also can't separate the crown chakra and the third eye for functional purposes. And your heart and your soul are one as well. So your spirit and your soul are like your personality and your character. They go together to make who you are, and certain features belong to one or the other. They're two sides of the same coin. With a coin, we say heads or tails, but it's one coin. And so it is with the spirit and the soul. So our, my spirituality, I have a personal spirituality. I'm born Jewish. And um, my daughter-in-law, in fact, is a rabbi. And my son is quite observant as a consequence of that. But my, I have a different spirituality. My husband is a shaman. And we are very involved with the spirit realm. And I work with the spirit realm. The spirit realm has taught me the crystal surgery and the crystal healing that I do. I haven't really had a human teacher for that. And so my spirituality is a personal brand of spirituality where I like to make sure that my heart 
and my brain, my heart and mind, my spirit and soul are integrating to deliver the kind of integrated sense of my beliefs and who I am into one whole being that is compassionate and kind and tolerant and cares about people. And that's what I strive towards. I don't always feel that way. I can get quite frustrated and upset, just like any other human being. But that is my brand of spirituality, is to try and transcend and to understand that there's much more. And then I work with spirit guides all the time. I'm always working with the spirit dimension. And I have two very strong spirit guides, and one of them is actually Jesus, even though I am Jewish. And Jesus is a master teacher who is there to help anyone who is interested in his brand of uh, kindness and love and the Christian heart. And this is something that is very important in healing work. But don't forget, I also said to you, I'm very interested in Tibetan Buddhism. The truth of it is, is I'm a universalist. And I believe that every single religion has an avenue towards that truth of our spirituality and all can be honored. And we can use any one of those as our road to our spirit as long as we are not doing them and us thinking and making some people outsiders and these people are going to go to hell because they don't believe what I believe. I don't see that that is a religious and spiritual attitude personally. So I actually like to have a symbol from every religion in my home because I am a universalist. Ah, I love that too. So it goes back to that open perspective view yes. of life. Yes, yes. Uh, not divided, separated, splitted. I love that, Vivian. It's a, Thank a, very, you. a very rare uh, way of seeing this world, life itself. You know, I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot because I talk about the spirits and under your skin, in the, once you are a spirit, you have no gender, you're not male or female. You don't have a body anymore. You have no skin color. You're not white or black or brown or of color or, or any of these things. We are, we are all spirits, all of us. So why are we differentiating? Mm. Yeah. Ah, great question. Why? <laughs> I know. Uh, right? It's very human. You see, yeah. Valeria, I was very puzzled, you know, because I do I do love people and I want to and I want to help people, but but people can do cruel and terrible things. And so I puzzled over this and one day I got it into words because it's the thing and its opposite live in the same space, you see. It's the same thing as the good thing and the bad thing are the same thing. This is these are the paradoxes of life. And so what I can say is that it's not one thing or the other. It's both. I kind of lost my track of what I was saying. Yeah, if you can remind me to help me. Yes. Some of us have this very narrow view of life, of just seeing one side, the separation yes. in us, seeing the whole, the big picture. And yes. You wanted yes. to make a comment about that. Yes. It will come back to me in a moment and then I'll, I'll interrupt and I'll tell you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it was a good point, but I told <laughs> Yes, you see, that's what happens when we are open. <laughs> that happens too a lot. <laughs> exactly, sure. because it all tumbles in, doesn't it? Yeah. It just tumbles in and you want to say it all and I'm talking too yes. fast. I'm going to slow down now. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's exactly, that's the gift of being open um, or some would say is the opposite, but it is a gift to me from my perspective. It's beautiful. Thank you for being you, Vivian. Mm -hmm. So on healing, I have a, a, this question for you. Is there a destination for healing? 
a place we get to where we can say we are healed or healing is this ongoing process? Healing is an ongoing process. It's about getting on the train, but healing is also a subset of education, you see. Healing is a very specific education and process from going from dysfunctional to functional. That's when you need healing. When you're dysfunctional, things aren't working correctly and they need to be uh, ameliorated. They need to be improved in order for you to be fully functional. But after fully functional comes all the progression, development, evolution, the unfolding of more and more and more. And this is this is the thing. Ah, oh, it has come back to me because my personal my personal thing, my personal mission is to help people develop their potential. And I care about people. And this is what I wanted to say was that I was so puzzled because people can be so awful and people can be so wonderful. And then I got it. Human nature is very low but the human spirit is divine. And that is the thing and its opposite living in the same space and what causes us so much difficulty. And that is what I was heading towards saying when I said, oh, I lost my track. There it is. Human nature is very low, but the human spirit is divine. So is the limited and the limitless, right? That's right. That's right. Exactly that. Exactly that. And so we we can work uh, with our, our nature and with our physical being for healing. And then after that, we must expand. We can expand and we can extend ourselves and we can really de develop and the sky isn't the limit the stars are the limit mm, there is uh -huh. no limit yeah yeah it's beautiful when we can reflect that through the conditions of the body and mind it's the most beautiful thing because that's the integration that you speak of and now we can dance, right, Vivian? Between that's right, and realms. that's what I was going to say. And you you put it into a physical, uh, a physical image of dancing, and then that is the thing that I'm looking for: is this person becoming happier? That's my only question. That's my only way of evaluating my work: is this person becoming happier and doing what they want to be doing with their time, with their lives? That is the standard. And that happiness you depicted with the dancing. You are, uh, let me go back, you're an author. So you have written many books, The Complete Guide to Crystal Surgery, Everyday Magic, and Guided Lessons for Students of the Alexander Technique. And you are a teacher, energy healer, and founder of Four Winds Academy of the Healing Arts and Sciences, a school of for training healers. Yes. So talk to me for a moment about how you discover crystal healing and crystal surgery. I never heard about crystal surgery. Well, crystal surgery is my own discovery or my own development. I'm the founder of crystal surgery. And what happened was I was in my teaching room. I'm an Alexander teacher. That's a hands-on method for helping people with their posture and their movement. And it helps them with everything from pain to performance. And um, I finished my training in England and I was very successful. I had a very, very busy practice as an Alexander teacher. Uh, but I got kidnapped by crystals. And uh, so I, I was very busy with my Alexander technique. But the, the world of energy healing and healing touch, therapeutic touch, and then crystals, that kind of started to infiltrate my consciousness and persuade me. And then one day I was 
I was in my teaching room. I was giving someone an Alexander lesson. She was lying on the table because that's how you do Alexander technique. You do some standing and sitting, and then you put the person on the table and you work with them on the table. And I put it on the table, and then this crystal called me over. It was on the shelf as decor, and it called me over, and it made me hold it, which I can't explain what I mean by it made me hold it, but it was a compulsion. And so I picked it up, and then it it was like, you know, how a dog can pull on its lead and, and yeah. sort of take you for a walk. Yeah. Oh, yes. well, it felt like it, yeah. <laughs> it felt like that. It sort of felt like the crystal was pulling me. And I ended up doing all these different things on this person. And she was actually a nun. She was actually the mother superior of her order. She was my client. And we were both, you know, sort of like taken aback. We didn't say a word, not either one of us. And at the end of that, I, I didn't know what had happened. And I said, uh, uh, were your joints sore? Do you have arthritis? And she said, yes, but I feel better now. And we, we both sort of went, oh, you know. And then we actually had some other very, very interesting things happen. But that was my first time that I actually held a crystal and did stuff. And and I did a you know a little bit of exploration with crystals and uh, just general regular stuff that people do. But always when I would be working with the crystals, I would hold them in my hand and do stuff on the person or in their person's energy field. I didn't really know what I was doing. But then somebody told me that Melody was going to be teaching a class in Columbus, Ohio, which is up the road from where I live. I live in Cincinnati. And did I want to do the course in Melody's, the famous author of the Love is in the Earth series of books. And I went to do that workshop. And at the end of that, during that workshop, I asked her, what is it when you hold the crystals and you sort of operate on the person holding the crystals? And she said, I don't know what that is. That's new. That's your thing. And that's how crystal surgery was born because it turned out that I was doing something that wasn't anything anybody else was specifically doing. And it, it turned into a, a, lo- a whole body of knowledge in and of itself. It, I spent 25 years researching um, the crystal surgery work and documenting it. And I have a YouTube channel with that as well, crystal surgery and crystal healing techniques. And I've actually developed this entire submodality of crystal healing called crystal surgery. And we use the crystals as tools in the same way as a surgeon, a physical surgeon uses tools to operate on physical body. I teach people how to operate on etheric tissue and of the energy field and the energy body. And it's quite sophisticated and very, very successful. It really is a very extraordinary work. And I've made absolutely sure that it's not just something I can do. If it's something that I seem to have a knack for and nobody else can do it, it's not in the book. And we have over 100 techniques with more coming all the time, techniques and procedures, very, very carefully researched. And I've made sure that Anybody who follows the steps, just like a recipe in a cookbook, anyone can follow the steps to get that. But just like a cookbook and recipe and cooking, a good chef or a good cook will get a better result than a beginner in that same way, but you will still get something. So it's a skill that develops, but I've made sure that everything is consistent and will work as described. I love all that. Thank you again, Vivian, for what you you. do, for being open to life. (laughs) I love the way you say so many things that you said. Ah, They caught my attention. The calling. So crystals, they called you. It sounds like a purpose. Yes. How does it feel like? 
what would be a very good reference for knowing that we are living the purpose, our calling? Wow, that's a good question. Well, the first thing is there isn't only one. You, if, you know, it's like when we think there's only one person in the whole world we can possibly fall in love with. And then it's not really true, but there is, there is someone meant for us in this lifetime. So it's so it is with these callings in life. So I have several different callings and, and that's why primarily I call myself a teacher because I like to empower people to find their calling. And what I can say is it is a click of your heart and soul. And in fact, that takes me to the next piece of work that I'm working on is this alignment of body, mind and spirit that comes about through that feeling of yes, that moment of click. And that that's, you know, the next sort of book that I want to write is that very explanation, the answer to the question you just asked me is that being able to recognize the truth in that moment when your body, mind and spirit align and all together in a very harmonious and powerful and empowered voice say, yes, that is when you know, and you can sort of go, so someone will say to you, why don't you look into crystal healing? And you, then you feel yes inside your body. And then you know, that is something I am meant to look into. And so you do, you get a kinesthetic sensation and it's a very strong feeling. If, you know, if somebody plays a racket sport, they know what it's like to hit the ball in the middle of the tennis racket. And it's so satisfying. And as you hit that ball, you can feel it in all your muscles and all your body that that's a good shot. It's going to go over the net and land inside the line just exactly the way you want it. It's going to be hard and low and boom and click and you win the point. And that's what you're looking for is that click inside your body of yes and that rightness. And that is how we can recognize when we are on track. That all sounds so true to me. It resonates true. And another question that comes to mind is, how do we find that courage, Vivian, to let go of things that we are not attached to only, but other people who seem to need us, like family members? How do we dance that dance? It's a very difficult dance. It's a very, very difficult dance. And that capacity to learn how to let go, how to give up something, how to allow, that capacity is very tricky. And there are some things, although I said you get this yes and this purity, it's only momentary. And then all the doubts creep in. So your question is really very, very good because doubt will creep in everywhere. And then there's this thing where you, we cannot be ever be 100% certain of anything. And we have to be able to set the bar at the right place. So once you have a is it a 51, 49 uh, percentage thing? No, it's a 70, 30 thing. And the question you have to ask yourself in the end is 10 years from now or five years from now, if I did not do this, how will I feel? And then you have to go from there and you have to let go of other people in a very, very particular way. We immigrated from South Africa to the United States of America. I had to let go of everything in order to allow that to happen. If you can't let go, you cannot do with your life what you want to do. And you must ask yourself, should is it right to let go of this? And you've also got to trust the future. Things unfold over time. So you cannot control. We cannot control, but we can allow. And that is what you have to ask yourself. 
can I allow this? Can I allow this? What is better for me? And you have to interview yourself and you have to learn how to do that. And you have to remember that you have different aspects and one part of you wants this and another part of you wants that. And you have to bring it all together and work with yourself and get help. We are not designed to do things on our own. We are social beings. And we can see when we talk to other people. You know, that's my best way, Valeria. I listen to what I say. Because when I listen to what I say, I find out what I'm thinking. And when I find out what I'm thinking, I find out what I want. Because you don't know. It's kind of hidden, isn't it? It is. So I love what you said about interviewing yourself. So asking these questions to yourself. And I wonder if the question about is what I'm about to do, the decision I'm about to make, the path I'm about to embrace for the greater good. I usually love that big picture again that you speak of, which just yes. talked in the middle. So is that for the good, not just for me, but the greater good, not just my family members, but everyone, what I, think I, I it's, do? I, I think this is a very, very important question that you're asking, Valeria, because you mustn't do things because it's for the greater good. Mm. We are all one mm. being. Right. You must do it for because it's for your greater mm. good. And if you do it for your greater good, it will be for the greater good of everyone. And because you are the slice of the universe that you have been given to take care of. Uh, if you are taking good care of yourself, you are making your contribution. And I'm not talking about narcissistic indulgence. I am talking about the real thing where you are really evolving and you are really feeding your own spirit and you are really doing what's in your best interests. And even if it momentarily hurts someone else, we are all a system of oneness. And if it really is the best thing for you, it's going to turn out to be really the best thing for everyone, even if there is some pain and discomfort initially. I love your wisdom, <laughs> your universal wisdom, spiritual wisdom. That's Four Winds Academy's, uh, Four Winds Academy for the Healing Arts and Sciences, the school that I founded. That it is based. That is based on the fact that we are all one being, and all healing works because we are all one being. Ah, I love that, and I have heard before that all healing is self-healing. That's true. Thank you so much, Vivian. What a beautiful insight. I needed to hear that. Thanks, Liz. What is about crystals that promote so much healing? I have used them before, not anymore, but I felt it before as well. Yes. Well, crystals are very mathematical. They're very geometric. They've got this latticework structure. So they are a form of perfection, you see, and they're a form of purity. That's the one thing about them. And I was just reflecting about crystals actually for my own radio show and I, I always speak about the, what the crystal messages are. And I was speaking to, to the crystals and I said, who's going to speak? Who's the next crystal who wants to speak on the next show? I kind of interview them and no one would stand up. And they said, all of us, all of us. And I was like, what do you mean all of us? What are you talking about? And then they said to me, you must ask the Buddha. 
And it was a it's a very strange story. We were driving mm -hmm. around with Buddhas in our cars because I bought them <laughs> at the garden center and we were going to drive them from Sunnabel all the way back up to mm -hmm. Cincinnati. But we were driving around for two weeks with Buddhas in the car and it affected my consciousness, you see. Mm -hmm. And it was an extraordinary experience. It was absolutely amazing. I was like, now I had to put the two together. I said, what are you talking about? They said, ask the Buddha. And then they said to me, you know, in the animal kingdom, the animals fight with each other and they eat each other and they hurt each other and they compete with each other. In the in the plant kingdom, likewise, they fight with each other, they choke each other out, they're parasitic upon each other. They also are competitive and they also do stuff to each other. And uh, I had never thought of plants that way. You know, I'm a keen gardener. Yeah. And I had never thought of that. I said, but in the mineral kingdom, we do not do that. We are the Buddha's of the world, the whole mineral kingdom has that harmonious, melodious, as well as a very pure energy. And, and, you know, and then they have all these chemical properties. They have electrical properties. They have electromagnetic properties. So they have all these properties that can be harnessed for healing. But that's the one that I'm in touch with at the moment in the last 24 hours is this harmonious energy. The whole mineral kingdom is harmonious. There is no such thing as one crystal being in, incompatible with another. And so I think that that just in itself, there's my 24 hours of magic. My This is the magic of the last 24 hours is this realization about the harmony of the mineral kingdom. And again, we can go back to Melody's book where she said, love is in the earth. And this is the truth. Love and compassion are there in the minerals and in the mineral kingdom. That's beautiful. I never heard about that before, but it can be felt. Yes. It's something that's very intuitive. We yes. can feel it. Yes. So when it comes to crystal healing and crystal surgery, the work you do, can that be done over the phone or online? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I, you know, I was forced to adapt last uh, the, over the last two years. And actually, it's become very even more powerful in some instances for me to do the work remotely and without being able to see the person because then I see the energy and I've been seeing it more and more and more clearly. It's uh, it's actually been a lovely gift that, I, that that developed so strongly in the last two years. And then I was able to analyze how I was doing it and teach it to others. So that that's that that's been amazing. So yes, it can be done remotely. And of course there's some things that you want to be in person for and that works better. And then there are other things that it's better when I do them remotely because uh, I might be going into some very careful detail that's in the etheric dimension. Then it doesn't matter where I am physically because in crystal healing and crystal surgery, we're actually working in the etheric dimension which is a somewhat different vibrational frequency. You know, we know it's a different vibrational frequency from the material world because we can't see our own etheric nature. Some people get glimpses of the aura and so on, but we can't see it with our physical eyes unless we extend our range of vision and extend what our brains are willing and able to perceive, which we can do a little bit. But as I said right at the beginning, we are limited, severely limited by our brains by design, by design, in order to experience life through the five senses primarily. And so that's what we do. And uh, uh, so the crystals can work in the, they are working in the etheric dimension. And they, of course, have a lot, a lot to do in the physical dimension too. And what's interesting about crystals is they are the original d digital devices of our planet. You know, they've got much more in common 
with our cell phones than we realize. And of course, our cell phones and our computers and pacemakers in hearts and lasers in laser surgery and in, in ordinary surgery, they all are engaging crystals in their technology. We would not be able to speak to each other right now without mm. crystal technology. Ah, wow. So even that, uh, like everything's connected, but I love the Everything. way yeah, you described some elements of this reality, like human beings and then so competitive, all the issues we have, unfortunately. And then you have also nature, that kind of, it's a mirror of that too. Yes. And then the animal world, uh, that's interesting. And, and crystals, minerals being these harmonious, uh, what do you call them? Harmonious living things. energies. They, energies, yeah, right, they, right. And they're, you know, for me, they are sentient beings. I can speak crystals and they'll give me information they'll get, and they'll give me messages. But that's not the important place to begin, you know, just because you can't do that. You know, people love crystals. Yeah. They yes. always, they, they'll they'll <laughs> be so walking true. along the path <laughs> and they'll see a, a stone and they'll bend down and pick it up and they'll declare, this is my lucky stone and they'll rub <laughs> yes. it with their fingertips, they'll put it <laughs> yeah. in their pocket, they'll get upset <laughs> when they lose it, but they won't believe in crystals and crystal healing. So, you know, go figure. But that's, that's how we begin. And that is the place, the right place to begin. And we don't, I, I appreciate a skeptic. I don't like cynicism. That is a, a very cold energy. But I do appreciate skepticism. And I don't appreciate people being over-enthusiastic without any knowledge and any comprehension about what's being talked about. I find that that was also, you know, a, a two-minute wonder and then it's all evaporated and on to the next fantastic, wonderful thing. I like a proper appreciation of the dynamics and the energies and uh, – uh, you know, crystals just are, they're just extraordinary in what they have to offer us. And they are running our lives. Yeah. Uh, we are living in the crystal age. And with that in mind, I read one of your blog posts. I think you pronounce Kunzite. That's right. Oh, Kunzite. my God. Yeah, I fell in love with that, too, just by reading just the love story you, you wrote. And of course, it comes from Brazil, you know, the Kunzite. Ah, I didn't Not know only, that. No, but the one that I'm talking about is <laughs> most of the, the Kunzite. Well, I have... Uh, Pakistani, Afghani, and Brazilian kunzite, and uh, you know, and I, I do, I, li I love kunzite, but but the the kunzite in the story in the blog is, is is from Brazil. In general, talk to me about that stone because it caught my attention in the sense of uh, uh, giving the heart the courage. Oh, it's so weird. The heart means courage anyway, but um, letting it express itself with courage, the the desires of the heart. And for some reason, it kind of resonates with me now at this moment. I mean, yes. there is a reason for it that I don't want to Yes, <laughs> because Kunzite is very much a stone of heart and soul, mind and spirit, or four. It will it will do all of those for you. And in fact, uh, yellow Kunzite can align your all your chakras and all your being over a 24-hour period if you sort of were to sleep with it under your pillow or were to wear it. Uh, like a small yellow piece of kunzite around your neck and you wear it for 24 hours, it will align everything in you. And that's, I think, why you mm. are feeling that energy of kunzite. Yeah. And the other thing about kunzite is it's very, very strong. And I think that's something you would like about it, Valeria. Yeah. Because I remember going into this crystal mm. dealer's mm -hmm. room and he took the kunzite and he threw it down on the yeah. ground. I was oh, like, oh, 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 what are you right. doing? Because I mean, what? Who throws their crystals mm -hmm. down on the ground? And he was 
was showing me how yeah. strong it is. Oh, so nice. it is physically strong and it is all the way up spiritually strong as well and it comes in many different colors and then it's called different things it's called spodumene it's called hiddenite it's called kunzite and it depends what color it is but i just call it all kunzite and you know then the k is a very very important dynamic because k in numerology is the master number 11 and there's something about kunzite and the length of the word and the feel of it on the tongue that is reminiscent of the stone itself it's just a marvelous wonderful you know the whole is greater than the sum of its parts that's kunzite for me you know many people their favorite stone is tourmaline there's a lot of similarities for me between kunzite and tourmaline like the different colors that they come in and and so on. But the thing about the kunzite is that it has always talked to me. My my friend thought I was uh, strange because I could feel as, you know, in the, at the gem shows, they are in hotel rooms. And as I was walking past the different hotel rooms, I could feel as I walked past whether there was kunzite in the room or not. And I could just feel as I was walking past. And this is before I could do all the things with stones that I can do now. It was kunzite's my teacher from long ago already. And uh, uh, it's it's a beautiful magenta color, which is not one of the colors of the chakra system. But when all your chakras are working very, very well, you and they're coordinating and synchronizing correctly, they throw off that same magenta color as kunzite has, and they you can see this magenta color kind of spinning through the system. And then I discovered that actually magenta, that magenta color, that translucent magenta color that kunzite is, that is the most uh, uh, compatible color for the energy body and the etheric tissue of the energy field. So now when I'm stitching in crystal surgery, when I'm stitching etheric tissue and of the energy body or energy field, I use kunzite needles to create those stitches because that's the most compatible. It's, 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 it's incredibly dynamic. And, you know, when you're feeling down and you need some courage and some support, hold a piece of kunzite. When you're feeling happy and creative and you want to go forward with that energy, hold a piece of kunzite. It will help you wherever you are. Yeah, that really inspired me to get some. <laughs> yes. Because this year, for some reason, it started last year, really, coming to 2022, although time is something that I don't really follow, <laughs> the human yes. concept of time. But something just happened, and the colors that came to me, they are the magenta, those colors, light purple, kind of pinkish, yes. and the yellow yes. together. So that's the... So much, so calling me those colors that I created the the new banner for the website, and it'll be the the cover of my fourth book too. Wow, oh, Valeria, that's so interesting because I just spoke to you about both yellow and magenta kunzite, and I didn't choose the others because they're in there. Oh, there's green, there's apple green, there's a color called spodumene. Uh, not spodumene. Uh, now I can't think of the color. Doesn't matter. Uh, it comes in a lot of different shades, but I chose yellow and magenta when talking to you about the kunzite, and that means that you are working, you like to work with the self and the universe and to bring the two together. Oh my God, yeah, that's it. <sighs> that's so amazing to hear that with somebody else's voice, because I know it's a voice that has been just talking to me. But then I, I hear from you and I'm, I want to cry because that's true. 
Yes, and so you're being pushed, you know, you're being pushed quite hard. And Kunza, it's very good for that energy. And I, I can just say I used to make an antidepressant elixir and I would use black tourmaline and an Isis quartz crystal and kunzite, and then you you don't put them in the water because, uh, but you put them in under a bowl, or and you put some uh, distilled water in a glass, and then you put a bowl over everything, the stones together with the with a glass of distilled water. It must be distilled, otherwise there's bacteria and things in there, and uh, and then you and then you can drink that water, and it's an antidepressant, and it's not only an, but it's not an antidepressant in the sense of Oh, you have to be sick with depression. It's an it's it's also the on the the depression inspiration continuum that axis, and so that's what it will help you with, because I can feel that you're always reaching for more, and for more and expanding that horizon. But you need to in just the same way as we need fuel, we need to eat correctly and exercise correctly. Then you need to feed your spirit correctly. And what I'm hearing from everything is that the kunzite is what can correctly feed your spirit to maintain that chi energy and that powerful energetic flow for what you're doing because it is very draining what you are doing potentially. And so in order to keep that fire burning, it sounds like the support of Kunzite will be perfect. Yes, it really resonates true. Uh, so much that the body is like, it's grieving not now, <laughs> maybe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that, that, well, that you make an elixir like that and you can see how to do that. Uh, it's on my website, it's in my blogs and so on. So you can go back and you can have a look if you want specific instructions. It is there. Yeah, thank you, Vivian, again so much for you for being open the way you are, and the it's just beautiful. I'm sure you know that you see that the beauty. It's truly beautiful. Uh-oh. Your energy and the way you thank speak you. about these things too, yeah. <laughs> and fun. So fun I have is. a few more questions. The ending questions. Would you like to add anything else that we didn't cover? Oh, we covered quite a lot. I can, you know, as you can tell, I can talk quite a bit. So <laughs> yes. I, I won't, I won't add anything in unless you want me to. So if you ask me a question, I will. I'm very glad to answer more questions. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it, that's it comes with the territory, the ground of openness. I really appreciate that. So my ending questions. Let's see. I'll ask you this one. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? That is such a good question, and I love that you put these days into it because it's shifted, hasn't it? I mean, really, our definition of success for three years ago and our definition for success now are very, very different. And um, I would say that my personal definition for success has changed a lot. And to me, a successful day is a day where I've remembered to take better care of myself. And I haven't uh, overly, uh, I haven't overworked. I haven't uh, been too uh, goal oriented. I haven't been too driven, but I've managed to come back into a better balance and a better relationship with myself because I have tended to overwork. I mean, people accuse me of being a workaholic and things like that. And, uh, and, and I'm very, I love my work. Every single thing that I did as for fun and as a hobby turned into a career and a career path. And then I'm very committed and very dedicated, you see. So now I'm trying to swing that around and say, no, wait, I need to take better care of myself and I need to give myself a bit more time. And so to me now, I have a lot of success out there in the world, 
but I need to be successful for my own heart and mind. I need to be successful for my own soul and spirit. And that is today, in this week and in these months and this year, that is what I dedicate to my success is taking better care of myself and who I am. What is another word for healing? Integration. Yeah. In integration is another word for healing because we need to be whole. And we, when we split into our layers, when we, when, and when pieces split off from us and when we lose parts of ourselves, then we are not integrated. And so integration will cover all of those things. And we use the word integrity for wholeness and healing is our, our journey towards wholeness. And that's, so that is what I say. And it gives us an empowerment because if we don't understand what healing we need, we can ask ourselves, what do I need to integrate? Where have I sort of separated into parts? What have I lost? And so we can assess that way. It's an empowering way to look at the situation. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love your wisdom again. <laughs> and you. the last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? I would like them to experience their, themselves, to be themselves, to get in touch with themselves. And again, it's what you were talking about at the beginning and what we discussed, the heart and mind. What is yourself? Yourself is who you are in your heart and mind as one integrated being. And I would like people to, to be sure because you cannot say that you have to do this with your life or you have to do that with your life. What we came here to do in this lifetime is to learn who we are and who we came here to take care of is us, our, our own slice. That's us. So that relate, and it's the airplane logic. You see on an airplane, you give your, you make sure that you've got your air mask on before you help others. And we should be applying that logic to our lives as well. If we each take care of ourselves, then we've each got someone to take care of us. And then we are better for helping others. But again, not in a narcissistic, self-indulgent way. That is not what I mean. I do not mean it that way at all. And yet I do mean it that we must begin with ourselves. Charity begins at home. We begin with ourselves. So that's the one thing I would like to see people uh, have. Then I would like them to realize that the meaning of life is simply this. The meaning of life is that we came here to learn. And as long as we're learning, we're doing very well. If we stop learning, then we are not doing so well. And if we can learn that that is the meaning of life and we don't have to question, we weren't dropped here on earth for the for earth to be perfect, then we would we are all miserable because we're expecting something different. Well, if we stop expecting something different and we just say, no, this is how the world is meant to be because we came here to learn and am I learning and what did I learn today, then we will get a nice answer. And if we see our experiences through the, uh, the lens of what did I learn from this, then we can get a better answer than, than if we say, oh, I'm so upset because I can't uh, go to the pub and drink three beers the way I want to because, because we're in lockdown. Uh, we, 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 we're missing the point. So that is something I would like. And then the third thing, that I would like for everybody is to learn to enjoy the five senses. We incarnated and became human beings because you are no five senses in the spirit dimension. And that is what we've come to learn. We've come to learn 
what color looks like. We've come to taste food. We've come to see gardens and flowers. We've come to experience touch and all these different things. The five senses are part of the human experience. And we have come here to learn about the five senses and to become conscious of these five senses because once we have these five senses and experience them, our spirits and our souls always have that. And that is the point of being incarnated, is to come and be limited in the physical to the five senses and to learn how to make sense of it. And if people can do this for themselves, then they have had a good life. And it doesn't matter how long the life is, and it doesn't actually matter anything else if you get those three things, because then you were successful and you did what you came to do. I absolutely love everything you say, but some things, they resonate with me a lot more. The greater good, when I talked to you about that and you said, well, you have to look for what is the greater good for you, because, and you, you keep saying that as a message, you are the piece of the universe of life that you're responsible for. That's right. What a beautiful message. Thank you so much again, Vivian, for your presence here today, for the work you do, for being open to life and everything else in between. Thank you. Thank you. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, courses, services, and future projects? We have two websites, chaperet.com, S-C-H-A-P-E-R-A.com. And then crystalhealingtechniques.com. And so you can find lots and lots of information and all access to books and everything on those two websites. Uh, come and visit us there. There's a huge amount. Crystalhealingtechniques.com is over 300 pages. And a lot of it is free information, free training, free certification, and a huge amount of in original and unique information. And then chaperone.com. My husband's a shaman. We have Four Winds Academy. So everything we do is on that website as well as a sort of gateway to all the different things that we have to offer. And of course, we're on YouTube and on social media and Facebook. Just remember SCH. I'm a teacher. Think of the word school, S-C-H-O-O-L for school, S-C-H-A-P-E-R-A, chaperone.com. There's only one Vivian Chapera in the whole world. You can Google me and easily find me. But you've got to spell my name right. <laughs> and I'll have the link uh, just in case on your podcast profile. Perfect. So they will see that. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you so much again, Vivian. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Vivian Chapera and her work, please visit crystalhealingtechniques.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.